Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welkie Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed US customs broker and certified customs specialist with more than 18 years experience in the import, export, customs transportation and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast, Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers. Uh, today we have a, a guest. Uh, we've been working uh, on a couple things together in the past, and uh, we've done some presentations. Bob Leo, he is a partner at Meek Shepherd Leo and Pillsbury. Uh, Bob, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thank you, Damon. Pleasure to be here. Great, great. So this is uh, a little bit in the making. I know we've been, uh, you've been very busy and hard to nail down, uh, but yeah. we're we're happy to have you and excited. So give us a little a little background on you and your firm. Sure. Um, so we are a, a small boutique, I guess is the word, for a law firm that specializes in U.S. import and export law. We advise uh, multinational companies, Fortune 50 companies, and smaller companies all the way down to mom and pop shops and individuals on importing into the United States or exporting from the United States, um, and also with the regulations of other agencies that affect imports and exports, but just those regulations. For example, importing an FDA good or importing um, agricultural product um, or exporting something like for a satellite, which might have a, a larger control on it, uh, restrictive control on it, than than shipping food products. Um, so that's that's what we do. We have three offices. Uh, I'm resident in the New York office, which I declare as the head office. And my partners disagree with me, but they declare each of their offices as their head office. Head office. Uh, we have an office in Connecticut and an office out in Southern California. So we cover uh, our practice is national in scope. Um, the other, the other thing that uh, makes us a little bit different from other firms, I think, is that we have very good relationships with small firms like ours around the country. Uh, I'm sorry, around the world, and uh, we can help our clients. Uh, we can advise on on the laws of of the EU imports or or imports into Asia or China. Uh, but we can find, uh, we have found, and we have sort of a, a relationship with firms that can then help our clients. And, and that's worked out pretty well because they're not huge firms. They're not the major accounting firms. They're actually mm -hmm. good lawyers, local lawyers that advise on the local import laws and the customs laws into the other countries. And, and those, even though everybody follows the WTO, the World Trade Organization Valuation Code, that can differ the implementation of that and the practice of that can differ country by country. So that's it. Um, I've been doing this for a long time, even though on the phone I look much younger than I am in person. Um, <laughs> we, we, our, our, each, we, our firm has about 150 years of experience if you add it all up by, by attorney. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, in, import, and we come from business backgrounds. So I started as uh, staff attorney for the American Association of Exporters and Importers when they were located in New York. Uh, and then when I left there, I was uh, given the title, which didn't amount, didn't amount to much, but uh, vice president and counsel, and then joined uh, the, firm, the predecessor to this firm. 
Okay, great. So 150 years of service spanning across the globe with connections on the ground in those countries, which we all do know that is very important to understand those laws and the nuances because they're going to be different everywhere. The gray areas of the law, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have a lot going on in international trade now from backups at ports to USMCA. I think some people are still caught off guard by it. Um, And what's something that you're dealing with now or one of your clients is dealing with now that you can you could talk about for our listeners? That's something that might give them, you know, some additional information on what's going on out there. Sure. Um, I'll I'll start with a specific case because it affects a lot of importers into the United States, a specific issue, and that is the the China, the Section 301 additional tariffs. That is a specific, obviously, if you import from China. But what it's done is a lot of companies have decided to move production or sourcing out of China. Mm-hmm. And or they are looking at their classifications, their harmonized system classifications, to see if they've been doing it correctly all these years, and and are they really subject to a twenty five percent rate or a seven point five percent rate additional from China? Yeah. So the China Section three hundred one, we're still we're not filing cases anymore, although we can cases at the court to try to get refunds. But it it's that issue has branched out into. Uh, specific classification issues, country of origin issues, value issues. Is there some way to lower the value of your product declared to customs so that you pay less duty when it comes into the United States? Sure. That that is keeping us busy. Um, And then the second issue, which is broader, but encompasses all of that, is the issue, general issue of compliance. And it's funny because Ten years ago, five years ago, we were telling people, uh, telling our clients, you really should start doing internal reviews and internal audits and involve your brokers and make sure you're doing everything correctly because customs, U.S. Customs is going to audit you eventually. Um, they used to be on a seven-year cycle, seven- or eight-year cycle for companies based on volume, based on sales. Mm-hmm. But they, they've gone now to the C's, the Centers for Expertise and Excellence, where they're picking, they're doing surveys now on smaller companies just on value or just on classification or just on free trade agreement claims. Um, We even have a client now where there's a specific provision called Nairobi Protocol that you can bring in goods for disabled people, um, chronically ill people or disabled people, and you can get the duty free. All of a sudden, our client, uh, we put in about 20 rulings for them and got heck, got the national import specialist uh, to agree that these products were eligible for duty-free treatment, and now they're undergoing a survey by customs as to whether they declared the Nairobi duty-free treatment correctly or not, even though there's a ruling. Oh. So I'm getting a little off topic here, but what we're seeing, so five years ago we were pushing compliance, compliance, and now because of the tariffs, because of free trade agreements, and because the the trade area has gotten so big, confused, and as you pointed out with the, the freight and shipping crisis, um, become important as where you can bring your goods in from. Uh, we're seeing a lot more a lot more companies. Even the pandemic was interesting. More people were working at home, obviously. Yeah. But we had more questions on 
hey, we need to look at our compliance. Can you help us? Mm-hmm. And and to me, that's a good thing for the company. It's being proactive. Better do it now before customs starts asking questions. And there's certain things that always need a little tightening up, or you find out that you're in great shape and and you don't need a lawyer. Great, you know, right. you don't have to worry yeah. about customs. That's great too. Yeah, so it helps. It helps the company, and it helps. It helps your company too as a broker oh, yeah. as you know your client is, is uh, compliant. Yes, yes. Well, tell me a little bit more about uh, let's dig in a little bit more into the uh, 301 duty uh, issue. So a while back I know your firm sent out a call for anybody who was paying 301 duties on was it list 3 to file a a suit uh, against the government, right. correct? And it wasn't a class action suit. It was separate suits that were going into the government. Can you give an update on that and what's happening with that process? Yeah, sure. So um, it's, they, the suits are, are still there. They're all, it's a legal term, it's called stayed, which just means there's one case going forward and all the rest are, are just sitting there waiting for that one case to be decided. So there's literally over, I think, 3,600 cases uh, at the Court of International Trade, which is a U.S. federal court, and they're waiting for the, the lead case, which is HMTX versus the United States, to be decided by the court. The the up to the minute the up to the minute uh, status is that the uh, the government finally agreed, and and I won't get into all the this details, but they agreed that if the importers win, it will cover refunds back to when they paid the duties, whether the entry is, is liquidated, meaning finalized, or not liquidated yet. Um, so that was a good thing, but that took four months for the government to agree to that, even though there was legal precedent that said they should have agreed to it four months before. Wow. Um, yeah, so that they finally agreed. So now what's happened is both sides are submitting or have submitted motions for summary judgment and a motion for summary judgment it means you don't have to go to a trial. You agree on the facts, and you agree what the facts are. So then you just argue the law, and you argue the law before the judge. So you don't have to. It's not a trial, a, a trial, a jury by trial, by jury. Sorry, um, it's before the judge. There's a three judge panel at the Court of International Trade, so it's okay. three judges. They're, all three judges are very good. They know international trade. They're not just they're political appointees, so to speak, but they're not, they weren't plucked out of somewhere else and with no knowledge of, of trade issues. So that part is good. Um, what's going to happen next is that both the plaintiff, which is the lead importer, and the government are going to going to provide legal briefs with their legal argument in full to the court so that there can be a decision. That is likely... Um, a decision is not likely before the end of, of quarter, first quarter of 2022 at this point because the briefs have not been submitted yet. Okay. And usually the government asks for an extension of time. Sure. Uh, the government always has longer time to respond. Uh, but at this, at this point, they're supposed to get, I believe they're supposed to get briefs in by the beginning of December. Uh, I imagine that the government will ask for an extension. Um, and then the court has to decide it. They may ask for more information. They may ask for more uh, a brief on certain legal points. And then we go from there. The 
Well, I'll stop there in case you have another question. No, well, one question does arise is you had mentioned, you know, we did this many, many months ago um, with getting clients involved in a lawsuit. Is there still time to get involved or is it past? Have you, is the deadline missed? That's a good question. Yeah, Um, there is still time. The difference is if you file a lawsuit today, you still can file a lawsuit covering list three and list four if you pay duties on list three or list four. If you file today, it would go back two years from the date of filing, as opposed to going all the way back to September of uh, 2018 for list three and August of 2019 for list four. List four. But it, um, it still is, could be a substantial sum of money for oh, yeah. uh, these yeah, importers. Actually, we're filing one, hopefully we're filing one this week for a client where they realize that now that they've been paying it for a while, they, they approached us like six months ago, and I said, you should file now. And they said, no, it's only, you know, uh, I don't know what it was, like $20,000 or something. They said, no, we don't, we, uh, we'll wait. I, I said, okay, fine. Now that they, re- I think they realized there was something on list three that they didn't realize was on there at the time. Now it's a lot of money. Now they're up a, a couple hundred thousand dollars and they want to file now. Right, right. The other good thing about filing now, not only can you go back two years, but if the courts decide that it's what's called um, void from the beginning, they that the um, list three and list four should never have been implemented, then everybody who filed can get their money back. So, because they'll be under the court court order that says yes, back to the date that you started paying. Ah, so, okay. So that, it, it may it may well. be two years, but it could be back to the beginning of the list. Yeah, list three it could be back three. to September twenty uh, third. I think is when they started collecting on list three. Yeah. So the good idea is to at least give it a shot at this point. Get involved. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't cost a lot. Uh, I won't do a commercial on your show, but it doesn't cost a lot to file, and it's not going to be in the company. Your case is not going to be in discovery. You're you're not going to have to worry about getting papers or depositions or anything like that. You wait to see if the importers finally win. And then if you, if we do, which is great, then you have to come up with the entry list of entries and all that that uh, you paid duty on so that customs can match it and give you the refunds. And the refunds come with interest, which is another incentive. And the government rate and interest is was, uh, last year was 5%, wow. I think. Wow. Four or 4%. So... And now it's down to two percent, but it's still uh, better what you can get in the bank. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so I, I guess what we'll do too is at the end of the at the end of the um, podcast here, I'll definitely get you to give the information so that if any of the listeners are interested, they can get a hold of you. Um, so we'll get your email address and uh, phone number that you want published out there. So if somebody is interested in this and wants some further information on this, they can get in touch with you. Yep. All right. Perfect. So 301 duties, uh, obviously these are the duties on specific items coming from China. If you do not know, it's um, uh, specific items that were on different lists, and that's why we're talking about list three, list four. They came out at different dates. Um, A lot of people thought that these were going to go away as soon as the new administration took over, but we still have them around. So it's interesting to see this court case and how it plays out. We really appreciate the update on that. But I do want to give you an opportunity 
to just talk about two or three things that you think are key. Uh, you mentioned compliance uh, a little early on, and that's what we're seeing come back around with customs. Um, just that some of our listeners can take into an account two or three key facts about compliance that they may want to think about um, in their international yeah, trade. Um, yeah, no problem. And, and that's, that's a good, that's a very good way to help, help your clients too, is that you, you want a company with compliance. The, the biggest thing that we find is a lack of communication, even in the small company sometimes, but in medium size or, or larger companies, uh, especially in multinationals, the there's got to be, there has to be communication between the different departments and between the different arms, the left hand and the right hand need to know what they're doing. And that's one of the biggest issues we're facing. And in fact, I was on a call right before uh, we started the podcast um, with a company where they, they believe the legit, the compliance people believe there are assists, there are assists there, but they can't get the information from their procurement branch or their finance branch. Uh, they they say that there are assists, but they can't give them. They haven't been able to get the specifics yet. Okay. So communication is a, is a big issue. You need to have policies and procedures in place. And that's what U.S. Customs and actually customs agencies all around the world, they want to know that you're compliant. They don't want to come back every three years and say, okay, did you fix everything? Oh, you didn't. All right, we're going to be back in six months. They want to, a company to be compliant so they don't have to worry about that company anymore. They don't have to worry about their imports, and they can let your imports come through without delay. Right. If you're importing from Canada and you guys are on the border, mm. um, you're importing from Canada and you're declaring USMCA eligibility, Customs wants to know that they don't have to worry whether it's something is eligible or not because you have the intercommunication, you have the information and you have policies and procedures to make sure that when you're certifying that it is a product of Canada coming into the United States, that it actually is. Uh, so communication is, is definitely the key. The, the second thing is uh, having the specific policies and procedures in place. So hopefully you have communication, but then if you have a, if you have a policy and procedure and it doesn't have to be a crazy, you know, 30-page document. It can be as simple as a one-page document that when an import, when we do an import, these are the steps we follow, and this is the position within the company that does, that, that undertakes those steps. So if, if somebody, if Damon leaves the company, does the company fall apart or not have any knowledge of what's going on in imports, for right, example? Right. If, if Bob has been there 20 years, 25 years, and is ready to retire, and, and, I, and I go lay on a beach somewhere, is the company going to know whether they still qualify for free, free trade agreement status? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that, is, that is key that you have the policies and procedures by position. So whether it's import manager, logistics manager, uh, a clerk, or whatever, that somebody new can step into that position and and actually take over and at least have some understanding of what they need to do on a daily basis. Yeah. And a good example of not doing the right thing is we, we have a multinational company that we're advising right now where they had a, almost an entire staff turnover in the space of a year and a half. And, and issues just fell by the wayside. They knew there were issues. 
they sort of knew what everybody had to do, but one person was just doing USMCA, and that person left, and he had been there for, I think, 15 years, and the person they didn't hire for a while because they couldn't find somebody that was correct or perfect for the position, mm-hmm. and they don't know. They just lost track of, of their eligibility or they just started claiming eligibility on everything where you find what a company does is they stop claiming eligibility because they don't want to get into any trouble right so they may be eligible for usmca or another free trade agreement but they say you know what we don't know so we're not going to claim it anymore um so policies procedures by position is is number two that's also key and and three is know your product um know the HS code, the harmonized tariff system, subheading, know your duty rate, know what agencies are involved in your product, uh, know what's required for importation, and this is where a broker can help. Specifically, um, like FDA, certain information in order to enter the good. Um, know, know exactly what that is, and double check. You know, mm-hmm. Make sure that you're, you, you may never have heard from customs in 15 years because you're a small company and you import one product, but you may be entering it incorrectly, and it could work either way. It could work that you owe the government a lot of money, or it could work that you should have had, instead of paying 5.3%, you could have been paying 3.1% duty yeah. over the, the past five years or so. Yeah. Um, and, and with that, just a caveat, um, a heads up free, well, it's not even legal advice, free advice. The uh, HTS is going to change in 2022. There are going to be lots of HDS changes. It's a global change. It happens like once every seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are, I would advise anybody listening to check their classifications, not only now, but make sure, whether, uh, find out whether they're going to change on January 1st. Um, the U.S. government hasn't put the proclamation out there. But they usually do it at the last minute. It'll probably come out. Hopefully, it'll yeah. come out at least by early December as mm-hmm. to what the U.S. tariff changes will be. There, yeah. There's a there is a um, draft out there circulating somewhere. But well, and I, so I just, those are the three things. And I just want to add one thing on tariff classification. This isn't necessarily a simple process. It's not something that right. you could get a tariff number in two and a half minutes. Um, I think what I see in the industry is a high error rate on tariff numbers when we go into clients, but they say, well, yeah. my broker gave me this and it was like two minutes he had a tariff number for me or she had yeah. a tariff number for me. You know, I would have been using the same tariff for, for 15 years. Right, right. And nobody's ever checked it and, and things have changed where it, it's moved. Their product has moved from another category to a specific yeah. And and the chapter notes, the end notes, the explanatory notes all come into play when you're doing tariff classification, which I think are missed most of the time. And that's just personal yeah. opinion. But uh, that's what we really look to talk to people about, understand what the product is. Because if you don't understand it, you're not going to get the right tariff number. So, and yeah, that's, I that's think, a very good point. I think almost tariff classification is the linchpin of compliance because if your tariff number isn't right, Applying for a free trade agreement isn't right. Applying for it, it just all kind of comes back to some very basic as tariff classification. Yeah, that's that's it. And we've we've seen in the past. I'm glad you mentioned the explanatory notes and the legal notes, the section notes, chapter notes, 
because we've seen where the, either the client or a broker before them uh, put it under just an all other category, oh. other, 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 because that had a lower duty rate. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's those basket categories, other, 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 you sometimes are the appropriate place for it, but a lot of times it's not. And just because it has a lower duty rate doesn't make it right. And just because customs never questioned it doesn't make it correct either. Right, right, right. So cross is a great, I mean, if you're, if you're out there and you're taking a look at your uh, tariff numbers, cross is a great search engine on customs website and that gives previous rulings on products um just a word of caution on that you have to watch because some rulings are overturned so you want to make sure you do the research properly on that or better yet just give us a call we could help you out with tariff classification right there's my my selfless plug on the podcast (laughs) very well done So, well, Bob, thank you very much. Is there like one point that you want to reiterate that we went over so that we could really drive it home with the listeners today? uh, And then we'll end on that. Sure. I I would, I would say it's the same point, but I would say use, you're an importer. You don't want to pay extra fees. We understand that, but use your broker, use a good broker that knows how to classify, that knows how to deal with the free trade agreements that knows how to deal with the other agencies. And if necessary, um, consult a lawyer because a customs lawyer, and there there are plenty of us out there um, in all parts of the country, but a lawyer that specializes in imports or exports can really help narrow down um, and narrow down your your issues and tell you whether you're doing something good or something bad. And, and what we offer, too, as, as attorneys is attorney-client privilege. So if we, if you say, hey, we've been misclassifying something for five years and we don't want to face any penalties, there's some, we can say, look, there's something called prior disclosure, mm-hmm. and we can tell you what you need to know. And if Customs asks us, if Customs comes in for an audit, they, just, they always ask, do you have a memo from a consultant or anybody that, uh, um, compliance on internal compliance. Well, if a consultant did it, then you have to give it to them. It's it's not attorney-client privilege. If mm-hmm. we um, a quick memo or even an email saying, this is your issue, this is how you fix it, customs can't get that because it's attorney-client privilege. So we right. can help you avoid penalties. We can help you get cleaned up in the future. And a good broker can help you the same way so that Perfect. that would be the one takeaway i would think great great um, well bob thank you so much for coming on the podcast today if you want to share your contact information if somebody wants to get a hold of you for further information or if they want to do a prior disclosure or need help in a in a in a case uh if you could give your information contact information that'd be great yeah sure thank you uh so it's uh, the best number to reach me at, right? well, I'll give you my office number, and then if uh, I'm working remotely sometimes, it'll tell you that. Uh, the office is 212-949-7120, and the email, which is always a good way to reach me, is robert.leo, L-E-O, at mscustoms, like marysamcustoms.com. 
All right, perfect. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you again, Bob. And uh, that's the wrap for the podcast. If you have any questions for us or would like to suggest a topic for the next podcast, you can always reach us at um, our uh, phone number, which is 716-995-2900. Or you can reach me by email, Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at Welke, W-E-L-K-E, USA.com. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piat. President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.